Welcome to Unstoppable You with Christine Patton. Does it seem like something could be holding you and your business back from your dream of great success? Can you put your finger on what that is? In today's show, you'll learn the tools and patterns that will guide you toward the success that you dream of. Now, here is your host, Christine Patton. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back. This is Thursday, November 19th. You are with Unstoppable You and me, Christine Patton. This is where we talk about empowerment, resilience, and passion and how it all works to conquer the game of business because you are your business. You are. I'm so glad you're here today. My guest today is someone I truly admire and love to work with. Brooks Van Norman is a man of many business talents. And what I like about him the most is that he continues to grow and change his offerings in himself as he moves forward. He's always questioning whether he is doing the best he can for his clients and turning his business into one success after another. And he's based here in Kelowna, BC, where I live. But before I introduce Brooks further, I'd like to remind you about the contest I'm running here on this show. You need but listen to each episode and engage with me on my Facebook pages, Christine Patton, uh, Power Within Coaching, and find an answer or an experience to report in response to the question of the day that I leave every time. This will entitle you to one of my most popular coaching programs, either the Empowerment Module or the Resilience Module. And this is two free months of coaching worth about 1500 bucks. So go to my website, powerwithin.ca, check out my performance plan. And you can leave your comments again at Power Within Coaching or Chris Patton, my Facebook pages, and, and like me on Facebook while you're there. If you'd like to be a guest on my show, if you have an interesting story about how you've engaged with empowerment, resilience, and passion, please contact me at chris at powerwithin.ca. I'd love to get to know you and to see if we're a fit for the show. If you'd like to become a sponsor, please contact me as well. I'd love to talk to you. Now, last week, we all had the great pleasure of hearing from Mary Tidland, who turned her acute business acumen into philanthropy and how she changed the lives of many, including her own. And today, we have a similar, inspirational, hopeful interview planned for you. I'm excited to have Brooks Van Norman with me. Hi, Brooks. Welcome to the show. Hi, Chris. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, thanks for being here today with me and agreeing to share your message with our listeners. So before, I always start by reading someone's bio just because I don't want to miss anything when I introduce somebody. So this is what you provided for me. And then I'm going to ask you some questions because there's some stuff in here that's Chinese to me and maybe to our listeners as well. Brooks Van Norman is a sales process consultant. I get that who helps startups in early stage B2B companies in the space scale-up sales. He's been in the tech space for 20 years and focuses on teaching founders the keys to building a repeatable and profitable profitable sales engine. Brooks believes in creating business value through buyer-driven, heart-centered selling. Love that. His sales process has helped tech companies scale revenue to six figures and beyond. Okay, now let's go back. What's a B2B company? Yeah, so the space that I focus on is a business to business. So if you think about the types of companies that are selling to the marketplace, uh, one that sells to somebody who's buying, let's say, fitness equipment, or they're selling online an app, like the Calm app or something, that's a business to consumer or B2C model. So I focus on a company that has a, a software program that sells to another company that would use that program. So that's where the acronym B2B comes from. 
Cool. I never knew that. I saw that a lot about you, and I always wondered what that meant. Okay. Space scale-up sales, what does that mean? Um, I think that's on me. I think there's a, a word that I forgot to put in there, the SaaS space. space. Yeah, so the, okay. the SaaS space is um, another acronym for the software as a service space. So pretty much every tool that we use these days, including the ones that we're using to record this call, are delivered as software as a service. So that's the segment that I focus on. Gotcha. I never yeah. knew this. Of all the time I've known you, I never knew this about you, and I had to find it out today. Anyway, that's exciting stuff. Um, so let's get into this. Um, we've had many, many discussions about business in general and, and how we relate to people. And you revealed to me that you've had many careers in your past and, and maybe many pivots or makeovers, whatever you want to call them in your business life. Would you share a bit of your history with us to show us how, how did Brooks Van Norman develop his skills? Well, um, I think the best way to answer that is to say that, you know, we all have these kind of ambitions and passions in our life and the things that drive us, the things that really get our attention. And I think the way to answer that is to say that, you know, there are things that I really enjoy, but then there are things that really challenge me. And so the things that challenged me are the things that developed my skills. Because if we're good at something, but we don't evolve around it, then we don't really get better at it. And I remember watching a a TV show or a podcast years ago with Mark Cuban, who said that it's not true that you should follow your passions, like to be successful. Because inevitably, if those passions don't challenge you in some way, you don't get better. And so his advice was to... If you, if you want to be really good at something, look at how the things in your life that challenge you consume your time. And if, you're, if you keep getting drawn back to those things, then that is really where your path is. And for me, it wasn't like a piano falling out of the sky on the sidewalk <laughs> in front of me, you know, where it was like, hey, this is the thing. But Play for me, me now. Yeah, it was like always, it, it always came back to, sales and marketing in the business world. And uh, I had many deviations from that, but it took until just recently years until I finally realized that that is the piano that's been laying on the sidewalk in front of me the whole time. You know, it's funny when you, what Mark Cuban said, I um, I have to think more about that because in my studies and, and what I coach my clients about and what I talk about is, is often, you know, play to your strengths, um, do what you love because that's what comes naturally. You know, that's something you can more easily connect with inside. And there's always going to be challenges with that. I mean, you know, people think that, well, if I, if I did ex- explore my passions in my work, um, it would ruin the passion because their work is work. I mean, there's going to be days that are not good, uh, days that are days that are very challenging, um, and and that's going to come with with the territory, don't you think? But still, yeah. just doing what you love is 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 really an expression of you, and isn't that what we're doing? It is, and I think the challenge here is that when you ask somebody, well, what is it that you love? When you really get down to it, the question can be hard to answer. I know it, it was for me. Many people don't know. Because there's so many things I love, you know, I mean, I, right. I, I love geography, I love architecture. Um, there's, there's all kinds of things that you could say fall into the realm of passions for me. Sure. But none of those things pulled me enough or challenged me enough to really want to get into it 
in the, in the way where I wanted to know how it works and how I can make it work for me and make it work better. And right. I think, I think that was this, the key to that question is like, how did I develop those skills is the, the, the really the main thing was how can I understand what it takes to positively influence human behavior on a commercial level that delivers a positive result for all of the stakeholders. And to me, it was like a magic trick. It was like when I looked at businesses or entrepreneurs who, I mean, if you take the most obvious examples like Steve Jobs or um, Jobs, let's work on that one for a minute. Because, yep. you know, I mean, he did everything that was completely backwards Opposite, to what yeah. modern business theory would tell you, right? I mean, he he's a great example of of this thing where like, you know, he, he wanted to understand how do you make great products that consumers want, products that really sell themselves. And to me, the, the realm of sales and marketing falls within that. Uh, I think I fall underneath that, that thing of, of what Steve Jobs built with Apple um, because where I focus is just a, subsect of that, a subsection of that. And so, yeah, that, that concept of like it's a magic trick. And I want to know how it works. I want to become that magician. And then now I'm teaching other people how to do that. That, that to me is like the, the journey of skill development. Yeah, you know, that's, I'm glad you said that. That really brings to mind a story that Simon Sinek talks about with Apple and Steve, uh, Steve Jobs' product. And, and that is the, um, the golden circle. Uh, you know, the outer layer is the what, the middle layer is the how, and the inner sanctum, the inner circle, if you will, is the why. Yep. So uh, very interesting uh, in what he said. And I've, I've ripped this off from Simon Sinek many times. <laughs> Sorry, Simon, but it's, it's a really good, but I do plug you. Um, <clears throat> and it's the, the how and the what satisfy the frontal lobe of our brain. And this is the understanding reasoning part, but, pe- but it doesn't motivate behavior. This is the interesting thing. People want to be satisfied with information to understand how something works. So, so the computer, you know, or, or whatever uh, jobs is selling, you know, we can understand what it is and how it works. It's great. But what motivates people to behavior, to buy is the why, because it integrates with the the second evolutionary layer of our brain called the limbic system, which is the seat of our emotion. So as soon as you can trigger emotion, now you're motivated to do something and that is to buy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that is the secret of so much in the world that we live in, where everything we do is the limbic system is, some call it the lizard brain. You know, the, the, the brainstem, which just gives us these primal impulses to go towards something that feels good or stay away from something that is bad. And which is a good system us, right in the middle. Right. <laughs> most of us are kind of comfortably uncomfortable in the middle. Right. And so, yeah, that, I, I totally agree with that it is, is being able to understand that and then leverage that. Mm hmm. Okay. Um, so, you know, we, we talked about, we've talked about the why um, of business and, and how, when we can explain that, that's when we can connect with others because there's an emotional quality to it. Um, and so, this is part of the um, pulling in what it is you love to do, um, pulling in where your strengths are or, or your natural, your natural proclivities Um we could say that that's definitely, I mean, I wanted to be a lawyer from the time I was 12 and I had no, what, what do you know about law at 12? 
And the funny thing was, I, I went to my grade seven class um, and uh, we had, we had a, a, a homework overnight and I, and it was, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? So I realized I'd planned my whole life uh, in one night. So uh, I came to the conclusion I wanted to be either a lawyer or a singer uh, and I do sing. Um, and I went to school the next day and this teacher who I think now in hindsight, if she'd spoken to that way with my kids, I would have slapped her, but she said to me, Oh, you know, become a lawyer. Uh, musicians don't make any money. Well, that's a very careless thing to say to a child um, because really my passion is singing. Um, but I became a lawyer and that that was really, um, and I'm not saying it was wrong. It was a guiding force for me throughout my life. It kept me, it kept me honest, you know, it kept me working hard for marks in, in high school. Um, my undergraduate degree, I had to, I had to have super duper marks to get into law school. And then I did. Uh, and, and it was only after I started practicing that I realized, oops, this isn't really what does it for me. But wow. I mean, I, I stayed in it for 15 years. You know, I practiced for eight and I was a judge for seven. But, um, you know, I, I learned many, many, many things. And I, I really believe in that, that, you know, there is a destiny to our life. There is a fate part, part of our life. We are walking on the tapestry and we're coloring it. This is the analogy that I often think to myself. We're coloring it with each step. It's black and white until we get there and then we enliven it. But it's there nonetheless. So anyway, I kind of went off on a tangent there. Um, have you ever thought about it that way, Brooks? Your life being kind of a destiny that's set for you and the more you're opening to it, the easier it comes, the more effortless things come to you? I don't know if I would consider it a destiny. I mean, I think that's one way to look at it to kind of resolve the path that we're on so that we don't have to feel like we're just a leaf blowing around in the wind. <laughs> I think that, you know, the, the the way that I look at it is, the question of who am I is not important. It's not relevant because that's not what's really going on here. What's really going on is who we're becoming. And mm, I, think, I, think, I think that's the better question in the context of like we have a destiny. And so I think the more aware we become of who we're becoming, the more we're in alignment with that concept of destiny. And back to that thing before, which is like finding your lane, finding the thing that you keep coming back to even, and you know, the whole thing about you got to do what you love and you got to like, I'm not sure that I believe in that because the value that we get as humans from accomplishing or conquering something is far greater than the accolades we get for being good at something that we don't believe we have earned. And there's a big difference there because when you're good at something, but it's a throwaway skill, you never really push yourself as far as you can. And that's why some of the best movies are about people who have seen value and potential in others and really pushed them. You know, like there's movie, there's, I mean, there's a great series on Netflix right now called The Queen's Gambit about a little girl who is uh, a chess Just prodigy, there. right? And the custodian in the basement saw the potential in her, but she loved the challenge because she gets to dominate her circumstances around her through the skill that she has. And she loves that. And so it's hard for her though, but it isn't something that is, a, is like a throwaway skill. So I think that the concept of destiny is is dangerous in the sense that if people think, oh, I was, I, I was always supposed to, to get here, if they don't realize the path that got them there, I think they're still lost because the point of the whole thing is to understand 
how we can become happy, whole human beings Mm -hmm. and then pass that on to the people around us. Yeah. And it's kind of like the hero's journey, right? Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. And it's what, um, you know, movies are based on that same uh, let's let's find an adventure. Let's let's meet the enemy. Let's conquer it, and let's go home happy. Because <laughs> that's how it happens every time, right? <laughs> oh dear. So, in between um, some of your pursuits in the business world, what what would you say uh, would be the this is probably not a good question f- just before we go to break, but we could start thinking about. Um, how did you change, you know, from one um, focus to another as you moved along in your businesses? Like we could talk about things that happened, maybe how you fell down or lost your confidence or felt you'd, you'd failed or made a mistake. And really important for people to understand is you can't fall down and get back up many, 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 many times. And this is the resilience piece. First, the empowerment to know that you have the opportunity to take a step outside of your comfort zone. Second, that once you are resilient through it, you can find some passion in it. So um, I know we're going to go for break in a couple of seconds. So we can think about that uh, question. Um, What was your biggest change? Short answer, perhaps. Um, What was the biggest change for you in terms of what you were practicing at the time? What was your biggest pivot from what to what? Um, I, th- I think it was committing to the path of serving other entrepreneurs with the skill set that I have around sales and marketing and finally making the commitment and the choice and the decision to believe in myself that I was more than capable of doing that and looking for evidence to support that instead of evidence that didn't support it. Uh, that's that's really the biggest change and the biggest pivot to becoming uh, all in, as they say. Right. Great answer. I love it. Okay. We're talking to Brooks Van Norman. You are listening to Unstoppable You. We have a commercial break. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Unstoppable You. 
To reach Christine Patton or her guest on the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email during the week to chris at powerwithin.ca. Now, back to Unstoppable You. And we're back. For those of you just tuning in, I'm speaking to Brooks Van Norman, um, who's sharing with us his beautiful insights about the inner motivations to creating a successful business or to take a step out in your life, period. This is really a good recipe for a lot of things. Would you agree with me on that, Brooks? This really is the flow. Yeah. Yeah. So before we left for break, we were talking about, you know, change agents and catalysts in how you pivoted, made changes in your business life. Tell us about some of those. Well, I think the first thing is that I, I was just at this level of frustration where I knew there was something more. Um, I knew that there was something better. I knew that I could contribute more and it just wasn't happening. So I got to the point where I started to stop believing in myself and my ability to make change and started looking for that kind of support around knowing that there was a lot of good skills here, but just not having some clarity to put them all together. So I think this is where if people are willing to make the investment in whatever you want to call this, whether it's mentorship, whether you want to call it coaching, whether you want to call it objective, hard conversations with people who truly love and support you, whatever that is, I think that part of the journey, when you start to feel that discomfort, is the, what I call the thin edge of the wedge. It's where you now start to realize, okay, in order for me to make some changes that are going to be beneficial and sustainable, I have to get used to this feeling of discomfort. And, and that's just such an awkward thing to talk about because oh, I know. It's, it's actually the most dis- uncomfortable in the beginning. It gets less uncomfortable as you go through it because you start to realize that that feeling is actually your friend. And that concept itself was something that I hadn't really ever come face to face with. It was a, it was a new idea, a new paradigm. And the reason that that is something I wanted to talk about here is because that is the essence of change because our brains unconsciously guide us through life on a very specific path based on old, our belief system, old programming, right. old programming, whatever you want to call it. And in order to make the changes that we say we want, we have to get into the operating system and we have to, we have to learn to change that stuff. And there's a great video um, about this on YouTube called the backwards brain bicycle. I would urge anybody yes. to, to, to watch that about, um, you know, knowledge and information are irrelevant. We live in a world where there's more of that now than ever. ever. The, yep. the thing that matters most is transformation and the path of transformation comes from feeling our way towards it. This is an emotional process mm-hmm. as you and I have discussed many times, not a logical linear one. And so whenever that feeling comes up in my body or anyone's body, like, oh, there's fear or there's uncertainty, ah! it's, <laughs> it's game on. That's, right. that's when the game begins, right? And that is, I think, really the essence of any kind of transformation or change. And it takes courage to go there. And so yes. you just decide, I'm going to have courage. I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to look dumb. I'm going to spend the time. I'm going to be tired. Uh, whatever, whatever that is. Right. And right. that's how I think transformation happens. 
I so agree. Oh, this is beautiful because every time, um, and, and you know personally the steps that I took to, to grow my business all along the way, um, taking that step out just made, as I described to you before we started, that feel, that sick feeling in the pit of my stomach before doing, you know, what you advised me to do. And then at the end of that process, it was like so good. I was enjoying it. So again, that's kind of the empowerment, resilience, passion flow that happens when you realize that you're more than you thought you were. You have more skills and more, more, there's just more of you, but you have to tap it, right? You have to tap it. Yeah. Yeah. I I think as humans, one of the things I realized looking back on this journey is that when we talk about the willingness to change, we have a high tolerance for enduring the pain of the status quo. Yes. More than we do the pain of taking control of your thoughts, taking control of your actions, trusting in a process that's proven to work, and then just going through that transformation. And I I think that is the greatest insight is that we're just hardwired to be where we are and stay there. And it's every, it takes every part of some of us to fight through that to get to the other side. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. And and that is the hero's journey for sure. I'm looking at, I have a filing cabinet beside my desk here and I have all these quotes and things and I think this applies. So I'm going to read it. I hope you can hear me. People have a hard time letting go of their suffering out of fear of the unknown. They prefer the suffering of the familiar. That was that monk. uh, This is, this is exactly what I'm talking about. And you know, when I think about success in the concept of, humanity like we can talk about successful people in arts and entertainment and business but i think to me the takeaway from this journey is really what's most inspiring in life is not achieving great things it's not what's really inspiring in life to me is overcoming the things that were holding you back because to conquer yourself is really the greatest achievement and when that happens true happiness shows up in your life because you now feel in control. You now feel like you have control. You now feel like you know that if you do the work, happiness comes because you're able to uh, overcome those things that were holding you back. And as a result, great things happen in your life. You know, you change your income bracket, you change your social situation, you change your physical appearance. If those were the things that um, manifest themselves in terms of the, the things, but the, the, the lesson here is that the things are just the base. It's a trick. It's really a trick. (laughs) I like that. It's a trick. The the real value comes from the the inner work. Like to me, the inner space was always far more interesting than outer space. Um, I'm not like Elon Musk that way. I'm I'm the opposite. But I'm sure Elon (laughs) has a lot of this stuff going on as well. So yeah. So I, I really just think overcoming the self through that process of understanding the 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 hardwiring and the feeling is what is the most wonderful outcome of, of really pushing yourself through whatever channel that is, whether it's arts, entrepreneurship, sports, whatever. Beautiful. Um, when I was introducing you and read your bio, um, you mentioned you create business value through buyer-driven, heart-centered selling. So let's get into that um, heart-centeredness. What does that mean? Like, what, it's being bandied around more. It's becoming a buzzword. You know, let's be heart-based. Let's be heart-centered. What does that mean to you? 
Yeah, that's actually a very easy answer for me to respond to. So it comes down to one word, integrity. And if you look at the root word of integrity, it means being in alignment with the beginning and the end. It, it's, it's about if you are there to serve an audience to an outcome, it's that if you say you're going to deliver that outcome, you deliver that outcome. It's that you don't sell something that doesn't deliver the result. It's, it's literally that simple. So to me, the whole concept comes back to that word of integrity. And integrity for me means that if somebody comes to work with me, I am going to get that outcome for them if it kills me. And that's, that's it. It's, it's literally that simple. And then when you live by that paradigm, then everything flows back from that. You think, okay, like that's, that's their goal. And in situations where I don't think I can help that person, you can walk away. And right. then you're, in, you're also in a great place because you're not signing up for something you can't do. And then you're out of integrity. Right. I, I think that's an interesting connection that you've created between heart, heart and integrity. Um, because many people equate heart with love and that's it. You know, there's nothing else going on in there. But, but love's all part of that, isn't it? That's how you well, love people. Um, I, I mean, Freud said work and, and love are the cornerstones of humanity. So to me, that kind of brings both of these things together about um, integrity and heart-centered selling. So for me, heart-centered selling is about having empathy for the other person, not sympathy. Sympathy is like, I'm, I feel Different. sorry for you. I pity you, right? But right. empathy is... More understanding, right? Yeah, it's, it, it's understanding on a level where... I have done the work to know what it's like to walk a mile in your shoes. Right. I've, I've gone so far as to know what it's like to have a day in the life of you, mm-hmm. my customer mm-hmm. and my prospective customer. Mm-hmm. Because when you have that, then you know what it feels like to be them, what yep. they struggle with, what their, what their you know, deepest anxieties are. And when you are in the same place as them, then you're connecting on the heart level, not the head level. Then, then all like the sales scripts and all that jazz becomes irrelevant because now you're on the same side of the table trying to solve a problem. You're not on opposite sides of the table trying to negotiate a deal. And that's just such a different perspective. So yeah, that's, that's where heart-centered selling is. No, that's beautiful. And I can tell you, and we all know this, whether we're customers or clients or whatever you want to call ourselves, when we're with somebody, we're buying, whatever, we want to be taken care of. We want to be cared for. And this is the care that you're offering to your clients. Yeah. Um, you know, and it kind of it kind of connects with our human needs. You know, we want to be seen. We want to be acknowledged. We want to be accepted. We want to be supported and we want to be loved. And I think that's, that's really fulfilling that purpose. Yeah. And just to take that point a little bit further, you really do attract the kind of customer or client that you are. Because I think people can really feel and they're aware of that energy that they know that, hey, you know, this person, A, first of all, if you you genuinely have a skill that can help somebody Mm -hmm. and you have results that you can point to, that helps a lot. In terms so that's of, the how and the what, right? That satisfies yeah. the executive functioning in our frontal lobe. Exactly. It's comforting to know this yeah. guy knows what he's talking about or this woman. Yeah. 
But the why part that we were discussing mm-hmm. earlier yeah. is yeah. that heart part. It's that empathy. It's that, hey, this person's going to take care of me. This person's going to be there for me. You know, like a lot of my clients are straight up hardcore entrepreneurs, but a lot of them are going through divorces. A lot of them are going through mm-hmm. um you know, embezzlements, not a lot of them. Some of them are going through like partners stealing from them. Some, some of them um, have um, family members or kids that are addicted to drugs. And like all of this stuff comes up in the business relationship. So there's a lot more than just, you know, building the business. And, and that's the empathy part because that's real life. So to, to, to be mindful of that, I think is the difference in at least how I look at my clients. You know, it's true. And if you look at any relationship you have in your business relationship is the same as a friendship, a love relationship. It is a relationship. It's how you relate to something or someone else. And if you look at also the definition of love, I mean, not that this is about love necessarily, but it's a matter of, in my view, holding space for somebody. And there's the empathetic part. It's you're not getting involved emotionally. You're not necessarily feeling what the other person's feeling so that you're dragging yourself down and draining, but you're holding space. And, and what you're unconsciously telling the other person is it's okay. It's okay for you to go through this. It's okay for you to feel how you feel. And I'm going to be here and I'm going to be your witness and I'm going to support you through this, whatever it is. What would you think about that? It's kind of the same thing that you're offering. Um, I think a mentor in that example, if that's the kind of the labeler guide, whatever you want to call it, can dramatically speed up the process and really help you stop being at war with yourself and help you see the ways that you are struggling. Like the mayonnaise cannot see the label on the outside of the jar. So you well, that's a good one. I've heard that before. That. Yeah. yeah. And so um, the, the more that you can get that certainty of, being in alignment and not, like I say, being at war with yourself and getting rid of the, the mind trash, then I, th- I think that's, that's really where the true joy comes from. And then you can just lean into the process, whatever that is that you're, you're into. Yeah, that's perfect. We talked before we got on about, you know, that record that we play that is our belief yep. systems and our ingrained uh, conditioning before we're even seven years old. We didn't say that, but um, let's talk about that. Let's talk about belief systems and where people are with their businesses and 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 how you can help with that. I think that, as I was saying before, that in my case, the thing that was very revealing to me is that, you know, my, my unconscious mind is in control of 98% of my life. Everything that we are, it is. are, are doing, I'm, I was doing, so I had to get into that operating system. You know, the, the, the learning brain is about books and that doesn't really serve us. If you look at how many books so many of us have on our shelves that were about this lofty goal or this physical transformation that maybe we're still not healthy or maybe we're still not in the income bracket we want to be, that's because the, the hardwiring, the, the belief system is, well, I kind of want that, but I'm not I'm not willing to challenge my own beliefs. And that's where I had to go. And so for me, I looked at it and was talking with my mentor about this as a record where that groove on the record is your, my belief system. And so the way to change that is to just, you know, take a knife or a screwdriver or a pen and just scratch all over that record and kill those beliefs so that they can't play anymore. And then start looking for evidence around you as to why you can do the things that you say you want and write or 
cut your own record so that you right. you then become like this thing I was saying before the architect of your your own um, your own future because if if we don't change that now the future is going to be the same as it is today you're going to be the same person then so that's why this whole concept of like who am I becoming is far more relevant than uh, who am I you know, other people can say, who, who are you? That's, that's fine. That's them. That's their perception, right? You know, this concept of your reputation, it doesn't really exist in your mind. It exists in other people's minds. So um, I, I think that, you know, what, what's, what, what's really the difference is knowing how to get into that process, lean into the fear, and then start to get feedback from yourself. That's it. Just yourself. And Beautiful. Say that again. That's so powerful. Is, is, is not looking for feedback anywhere other than yourself. Is, right. is, is I Because uh, really, we are all kind of universes of one. And right. there's so many ways this has been said in the past, like be the change that you want to see in the world. Uh, is, a, is a great one. And so, uh, yeah, it just, it goes back to this concept of it's not out there, it's in here. And I think the difference, like Jordan Peterson talked about this a lot in his recent book, that we all have to grow up and accept responsibility that it's on us. It's up to us. Like nobody else can um, can make it work. And I, I'm so inspired by some of my clients who have English as a second language. They're not native North Americans, you know, and they've overcome so much, but they've come so much farther than people who had way more opportunity and circumstance around them that have done nothing, little to nothing with it. And so, you know, these examples are all around us. They're very inspiring. But if we're, if we're stuck in our own mess, it's really hard to get out of that. So, Right. The, it's hard to see it. The, the forest for the trees, right? Yeah. The inspiration for change is a complete mystery to me. Why, why one person grabs a hold of the brass ring and does the work and gets up early and just keeps fighting to get through it and another doesn't, that is beyond me. I, I, I don't know if I will ever understand that. But I do know that the inspiration and value of conquering yourself and overcoming your own limiting beliefs and installing new ones creates so much self-love and self-inspiration that you then start to attract more energy and that into your life that it compounds. And the early return is so good that becomes the new addiction. And then you want more. And then I don't think you, you ever go back. So, but what lights that fire, that spark? I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a good question. Yeah. Well, it- it's understanding we're all different and we don't all think the way that you and I do. We don't all have the capacity to uh, for self-reflection or to understand the things that we talk about. And, you know, different souls have different paths in this lifetime. And I, again, I'm going to go back to, to my belief and that is um, we choose our lives and we choose them according to what we want to learn, what we most need to learn on this planet. And for some of us, it's how to overcome ourselves and become successful in quotations, whatever that is. And for some of us, we're meant to be in that space where we'll just never see it, but to find a way to maybe stay resilient and as loving and as kind and and a, a 
as, as good a person as we can be in that space without having those ideas, those lofty ideas, as you know, sometimes your parents tell you, why are you those lofty ideas? We think you are, that kind of thing. Yeah, but I think that's, I think that's it, is that we, we have to decondition our mind and not resent success, because that's another thing. Some people do resent success. We've been told, we've had millions right. of personal experiences where people said, you're not good enough, or you didn't win, or who do you think you are, like that kind of thing. And I think we just have to look for more evidence that you can win. And yeah. that's another big thing I really struggle with in the world that we live in is this, this show reel that a lot of people have on social and that I think comparison is the thief of joy. Um, we have to go to a break and I want to continue with this uh, line of, of talk because this is so valuable for everyone, myself included. Uh, I'm with Brooks Van Norman. We're talking about some great stuff, how to be a heart centered business person. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Unstoppable You. To reach Christine Patton or her guest on the show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or send an email during the week to Chris at powerwithin.ca. Now, back to Unstoppable You. Hello, and we're back with Brooks Van Norman having an amazing conversation about um, the inner mental and emotional, mostly emotional conditioning to becoming something, someone um, better than we are. And uh, this is how we, this is the idea of conquering business. This is the idea of conquering ourselves or f- figuring our shit out, right? That's really what we're talking about. People, we got to figure our shit out. So before we left for break, you had started on something really cool, a cool idea, and I just kind of cut you off. So if you could go back to that, Brooks, that'd be great. Yeah, I, I think what I was talking about is that I think most people don't have enough references in their life for success and prosperity because of the conditioning that we've been exposed to all of our life. 
whether it's marketing or whether it's parenting or whether it's our peer group. And that this, this idea that comparison is truly the thief of joy ah. and that the, the yeah. happiest people are the ones that don't look at others' showreels of their very best on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. But the, I actually do the opposite now is I, I compare like my best against somebody else's worst. Like I look for their worst. If, if I find myself in that situation, I'm like, okay, what's my best against their worst? Not the other way around. Because w when that happens, you, you at least give yourself a fighting chance to come away from that exposure to the stimulus with your, in, your, your self intact. And, and I think that's just, again, going back to kind of the larger conversation we're having is that when you're going downward in your emotional state, it's really important to have resources that you can draw upon yes. to bring you back up and to inspire you. And so that was one of the things that I had to do around myself as I built my business, because most of the clients that come to me, they're in deep trouble. They're running out of cash they're in fear and panic mode. They are like, it's not kittens and rainbows. When I begin uh, engagement with a client, like one out of 10 clients is probably in a pretty stable condition. Nine out of 10 are what I call they're in the death spiral. And I'm often the last result. I often wish I had been able to connect with them earlier, but that's just the way it is in, in my game. Mm -hmm. So I have to make sure that when I show up, um, I am like an unlimited source of power and reason and stability for those people because they, they're now in that dark place where they don't have those references. And so, um, you know, I think this just comes back to the question of, it, of being a heart-centered entrepreneur is that when I'm on a sales call with a prospect, um, I, I always have this one question in the back of my mind, and that is, what's going to happen to this person if they don't get help? Yeah. Like, what, what are they going to do? Right. You know, and some of the folks that I work with, they are, they, they are running out of cash or, you know, they, they like it's, it's dire. So I always look at it like, okay, this is a life or death situation. And it's a tremendous honor to serve those people. It's a lot of pressure, but the other side of it is when you have skills and capabilities to help them, then you really feel empowered to go all in because you can get some quick wins. They start to see the early return. And then that creates momentum. That creates a new emotional state and a new kind of like prosperity mindset. And so I think that's kind of the concluding thought on this chunk that we're talking about here is that if you can just find something or someone that's done what you want to do and just try the process without your bias or your ego getting in the way until you have enough reps under your belt. That analogy doesn't make any sense, but you know it what does. I mean? We all know what it means. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. To, to then be able to say, okay, this is how much work it takes to go from, from here to there. Now, now I know. Okay. And so that then is fraught with all that 
overwhelm and emotional baggage and challenge like oh, i can't do this and all that stuff it's it's why those shows like the greatest loser are so compelling to watch because we all understand that the yeah. first mile is the hardest the first day on the diet is the is the worst right but it gets easier and i think that looking back is the most rewarding thing is that if you if you don't stop like you lock in your like i remember reading something about jamie fox who by the way has an incredible story if anybody wants to look up jamie fox like he literally came from some incredible obscure conditions um the whole concept is like lock in your gains because you never want to go back to square one like you right. never want to have to start again because it's so bloody hard but if you do the value is you know you can do it and that's why that whole thing about having resources and tools to elevate your emotional state because i think success in any domain is 90% like head and 20% mechanics absolutely yeah. you know i watched this great video it's a tedx talk um and i can't remember the professor's name he was talking about confidence and what he told people to do. He said, write a letter to yourself um, yeah. about all the great things that you think you are. And, and yes, it's a letter to you, but just the fact of writing that is very powerful. And then to take all the testimonials and the kind things that people have said, I, any, anytime anybody says anything nice to me, I squirrel that away. I got to tell you, I've got a repertoire. And, and on those days that I'm just thinking, oh my God, life sucks. I read that stuff. And by the end of that, or even partway through, I feel better about myself. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm back. I'm back. I do know this about myself. I just momentarily forgot. And that's really what a good business coach is. I mean, that's, that's really is to help arm, I don't like the arm, um, to, to put more tools in our tool belt that we can, we can turn to those outside sources. And we, and we sometimes, we need those on those days when it's not, I mean, to rely on that is not good advice. Um, but to, to use those to, to buck up within ourselves is really, really important. What, um, so your clients that are coming to you these days, uh, what kinds of, what, we've talked a little bit about what are their problems. Are they different from before? Like where, where are we now with the world pandemic and COVID? Is, is there a different set of problems out there that you're helping to solve? You know, I think it's important to study what happens because what happens inevitably happens again and again. Right. And I think COVID has amplified some of these what i call pivot points for some people where they're like okay now shit's getting real and we need to deal with this whereas right. before it was like ah the economy's pretty good we're going to coast yeah, a lot we're going to coast yeah stay, the port in the storm yeah exactly and so i think i mean it's it's kind of a crazy thing to say but i think covid has actually created some very positive circumstances that we haven't yet seen in the future. And I'm not just trying to be like chipper and happy about this, but, but I really yeah. do believe this. And in fact, um, I'm always, whenever I talk about things in the face of doubt, and by the way, doubt is contagious, just like certainty. So um, it, it's, it's really important for me to have this conversation in the context of what we're becoming as a society and as, right. as a nation, as, as citizens of the world. If you look at 52% of the, Fortune 500 companies that have been around for more than 100 years or even more than 50 years, those companies were started during a recession or a depression. And, were they? Uh, 
Yeah, the the my financial guy showed this to me the other day because we were talking about investing in equities and stuff. And the thing that was so surprising to me was this whole thing about like, hey, it's that, you know, hard times make good people and good businesses. And so I, that just stuck in my mind and just came back to me in this conversation we're having is that, you know, we, we have new things coming. We have new ways of doing business that are going to evolve out of this. But I think to your question about what I'm seeing with my clients now is that the most important thing, every business, whether you are a solopreneur or you are a Fortune 500 company, is there's a lot of noise in the market now more than ever. And, you know, the media outlets, like, I can't imagine how much more traffic, you know, <laughs> the Daily Post, CNN, or all of these major media outlets are getting because people are refreshing. They're just looking for the, the, the next bad news thing or good news thing. So in that noise, the most important thing is to be ultra clear on your message. And that message, people talk a lot about messaging. It has to be about solving a specific problem for a specific person. It's got to be that crisp. It's got to be that clear because otherwise it doesn't cut through. So I think that is one of the most obvious things that I'm seeing in business in a Corona in environment. Wow. Um, very powerful. So do you think COVID has actually helped us as humans in the world? Has because, it helped us as humans? Well, well to, <laughs> to my mind, it's brought us to that place where it's forcing us to look at our shit. That's we, We've said that bad words so many times Well, I have yeah. on the show today. It's forced us to look at this stuff, whether it's business or not, right? You know, this, this is a really... We can talk about this for an hour and we have two minutes, but anyway. <laughs> well, here's how I would answer this. You know, I, I, I run um, ad campaigns for my clients. And years ago when I started running these, I was very optimistic about the ability to really change human behavior. And one of the things after having millions of impressions of various ads in different business verticals is how incredibly predictable humans are across mm-hmm. all categories, right. income levels, demographics, and gender. Okay. And I don't know if it's helped us. I think that it has given some folks cause to rise up and be bold about whatever it is that they believe in. But I think that human nature, going back to what we were talking about before, is that we really do live predominantly in the lizard brain and the the ones that inspire us get us out of the lizard brain and into our hearts. And I think those are the ones that are really the people that are making the change today to help with a better future. So has it helped us? I really don't know. Um, I read a book last winter called the laws of human nature by Robert Greene, full of really good examples about all the stuff we're talking about. And it really did reinforce that, history is going to repeat itself. Yeah. You know, this, <laughs> this There's is that tapestry happen. I talked about. See? Yes. <laughs> so if that's true, then it's on us to change and become the best version of ourselves while we're here. Well, that's and true. here's the thing. It's always worked out. We're back. Yeah. We keep coming back. Yeah. So there's hope, right? Okay. Um, Man, you and I could have this conversation for another hour or two. I, I know I'd like to. Um, 
Tell our listeners, though, how can we find and connect with you? Uh, you can find me on the internet at brooksfieldtechnologies.com or on Facebook, I'm Brooks Van Norman, or LinkedIn, I'm Brooks Van Norman. Perfect. Now, I always leave the listeners with a question of the day. What would you, what would you leave with them? What's your shit figured out? That's <laughs> <laughs> um, funny. Well, I, actually, I'll, I'll play off that. I'll, I'll say, what are you going to do today to improve your inner game? Beautiful. That's great. Brooks, thank you. I, I, I'm, I'm inspired, and I know our listeners are inspired. Thank you for joining me today. This has been an awesome conversation. Thanks for having me, Chris. Please join me next week for more Unstoppable You, where we share messages of empowerment, resilience, and passion to conquer the game of business. On next Thursday, November 26th, is Thanksgiving for our American friends. You all have my sincere wish for a peaceful and happy day of connection with your family and friends. I hope you can get there. However you manage to do that, we all have much to be thankful for. The following week, December 3rd, I will have Andre Brasso with me, and we're going to get into his stories of empowerment and resilience as he's navigated being an entrepreneur for years. And as you are all aware, the life of an entrepreneur is not exactly easy, but it's definitely rewarding when you can hang in there, get through the tough times, and realize ultimately your dream. So join us to learn how he has created a thriving business and is realizing his dream on how to serve his community. Have a wonderful week, everyone, and we'll see you back here December 3rd with Andre Brasso. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to Unstoppable You. Please join Christine Patton for another edition of the program next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, take what inspired you today, practice it, and watch how life unfolds for you on your path to success. We'll talk again next week. 